Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and uh, again, I will apologize. It's probably been about a week since I've had a chance to actually kick back and um, actually talk to you, talk to uh, talk to you people, talk to my guys, to my family and friends here. Um, again, I've always stayed before, and I'll continue to stay. Work has always been a big, a big part of it. I've been busy, raking a little bit of overtime. Um, you know, stuff happens on the on the job, but. Um, Hopefully things will get sort of back to normal. I can't promise or guarantee that, but hopefully things will get back to normal, and I'll get a chance to do more and more episodes as um, the OTAs are starting to rev up a little bit. And again, you know, before you know it, preseason, you know, uh, preseason will be here. Next thing you know, it, you know, ag football season will be here. Um, and for those who I get, don't, if I don't get a chance to, I want to say happy Memorial Day, and certainly. Um, Certainly, I want to you know thank all all those who have sacrificed a lot a lot for this country, and it, and it, if we always say this is still the greatest country in the world. Yes, it has its nuances, little quirks, and a lot of bad things goes go go on, but it's still one of the best countries in the world. Anybody can tell you. So again, for those, thank you, and thank you for what you do, and thank you for your uh, sacrifices. Um. After you started with my podcast, those who joined for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And I've always stated, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow co-workers, whoever you need to invite, please, by all means, invite them, come on, invite them to come on in. Um, like I said, we're all family and friends here. This is not a political show, not a religious show. We talk nothing but football. And I love talking football, but I've always stated that. And again... Again, coming next month, at least late next month, it'll be two years that I've done this podcast, and I've I've had a lot of fun doing it. Um, when I do get a chance to sit down and you know and knock out an episode and, and talk to you, talk to you guys, um, that is where I'm most comfortable comfortable at. And if I don't, I want to get a chance to do it more and more and more. But of course, of course, this is not my I can say this is not my day job. This is more of a hobby. I would love to make it a day job, but again, this is a, a hobby as as it is. And for those who've been from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. And I've always stated, please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow co-workers, whoever you need to invite, please, by all means, invite them, invite them to come on in. Um, again, before I go any further, I want to thank, I want to simply say thank you for uh, some new Facebook followers and viewers. Uh, I've had, again, more small businesses. Um, some more, you know, local, like local bands or local musicians that I'm trying to make it, that are going out there and trying to make it big, and uh, certainly I will continue so. Um, again, all those um, small businesses or bandmates or fans, fans of these bands or, you know, musicians that will get out there and will certainly advertise my, you know, podcast to, uh, you know, to their fan base or their, you know, business associates, customers, whatever. So please, by all means, I'll be getting out there and push it out there. And uh, certainly, I want to uh, get my name out there as much as much as possible. Um, got any questions for me whatsoever? Please reach me here on Facebook or Spotify. Two spots that you can get me up on to hit me up on to ask me any questions whatsoever. And I'll do the very best I can to answer any of your questions. And I will certainly take a time from any podcast or any episode whatsoever. To answer your questions, whatever it may be, whether it's about your team, what I believe your team can do this year, or who I think may be the MVP of the league this year, you know, or something like that, please, by all means, I'm all ears. 
do not listen to me on Anchor, I'm on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, just a few that I am on. Um, again, there are a lot of news is going on. It's going on in the uh, world of football. Of course, the biggest news here is as of a couple days ago, we all know that DeAndre Hopkins has been has been released from the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And it seems like I'm sure he probably won't be on the market that much longer. I'm sure there's many, many teams out there that will uh, jump jump on them. Again, this is a a surprise to me by the Cardinals. We've heard that he could get traded if released, you know, before the draft or during the draft. We've heard this, and I thought that could be a very strong possibility. But the, Car- the Cardinals went ahead and just cut him outright, which to me, I do not understand whatsoever. But we want to get a chance to dive deep in the DeAndre Hopkins thing, but Hopkins is a free agent. There's a lot of teams out there, a lot of, you know, a lot of famous names, the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City, the Baltimore Ravens, just three teams that have names that have just come out there already that may that may be interested in DeAndre Hopkins or could be in the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes. Obviously, money's going to be a big factor for any team whatsoever that wants Hopkins. Can they get him under the cap? That's going to be a huge issue. Um, but again, we will talk more about Hopkins um, certainly, uh, certainly uh, later on, if not this episode. Certainly, in a couple more episodes, we'll dive a little bit deeper into into that into that discussion. Um, what else can I? What else can I actually uh, come up with? Um, actually, we'll sit there. We'll talk about for this episode. We'll talk about um, certainly. We'll finally get around to talking about the passing of uh, one Jim Brown. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about a. Uh, Talk about a uh, San Francisco 49er player that has come out recently and had made a made a very interesting comment that has been a been a thing that's been talked about for many many years in his in his league and he brings up a, a very interesting statement one of the best defensive players on the San Francisco 49ers teams and um, we will certainly I will certainly talk about what he said and how much sense he actually did he actually did make in his in his statement um, we'll talk about we'll talk about a uh, an article I got written probably about a couple weeks ago. We're getting around talking about it, and something that is kind of a little bit unusual, kind of a little bit laughable, but maybe it makes some sense. But we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about that. And for the final thing, we're going to talk about a uh, we're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins, but not in the sense that we're talk, not in the sense of the trade. There's something he said way before the trade. We'll get to that. See what he said about said what he said. Had to say about the Arizona Cardinals and the organization before he getting released before he getting cut. Those are just a couple of things we'll talk about. At least talk about this episode, and certainly, hopefully, in the next um. Hopefully, in the, in the very next episode, the very next episode, we'll talk. We'll talk about a, a quarterback who just retired, had just retired last year, and what he said about a quarterback that replaced him. That will be a topic. At least a topic of our next episode. Not this episode, but the topic next episode we'll talk about, and I'll give you my take, my opinion on on that whatsoever. Um, I think we've covered. I think I've covered everything I need to off the top, off the top of my off the top uh, again. I will apologize for being at least a week behind on a lot of this stuff. Uh, again, work related. Today, today I had, I had a little bit of a uh, family, a family emergency that has been dealt with. Um, my mom and uh, my mom who will be eighty four in August. Uh, it seems that her it seems that um, how can we say it? It seems like that her body's been ravaged with a lot of, of pain, 
a lot of pain. Like, again, usually when you start getting to that age, when you start getting up there in age, um, she has, like, it appears from what we what I'm understanding, she has pretty bad case of arthritis, and um, pretty much from head to her toe, that's what it seems to be the case. So, again, been, been dealing with that, had to deal with that today. So, again, I want to send my best wishes. And of course, I talk to my mom every, every single night, but I want to send my best wishes to my mom. And again, arthritis is a, and arthritis is a, uh, not a joke. It is very, it is a very painful thing. And um, some of us, some of us may go, go through it as later on in life, or some of us may, may go, go through it right now. Arthritis, I've even, I've even heard stories where kids that are 21, 22 years old go through arthritis. My son has a friend, a friend that goes to that goes to that goes to that pain of arthritis. So arthritis is no, is, is no joke. It's a very painful thing. So again, certainly, certainly I certainly wish my mom, my mom's best. And um, again, they're getting a lot of medication to take, a lot of pain meds. But my mom is mom's my mom is one of the toughest women I've ever known, and she always has been a tough tough. Reminds me of my grandma, her mom, tough ladies. Uh, enough of that. Let's let's get to talk about. Let's talk about football and again. Since we talk about, you know, as we talk about people that we admire a lot, let's talk about the passing of the late great Jim Brown. The Jim Brown passed away here last week at 87, 87 years old. The Jim Brown had a very fulfilling life, I guess you could say. Went to the University of Syracuse. He got drafted by the Cleveland Browns. Got drafted the heyday of Paul Brown heyday. And the Cleveland Browns back in the fifties were one of the best teams, best teams in all of football. Um, Paul Brown, you had Jim Brown, Otto Brown, who sometimes didn't get a lot of recognition. He truly deserved one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game. To me, he was kind of like the he was kind of like a modern day Tom Brady. Brady had one. Two Super Bowls and Brandon went to Atlanta. How many championship games he won? How many games he won? To me, there's kind of a, a little bit of a Tom, maybe a little bit of an Otto Graham, maybe a little bit of a Tom Brady and an Otto Graham, or vice versa, because Otto was kind of like that type of guy. But again, Jim Brown, again, again, Paul Brown had a tight shift, tight, tight shift there. But Jim Brown excelled under under him. He spent, well, I think, what, nine, only nine years in the league. I think he won the Russian title all but one year, all but one year. And um, and we to people ask about who is the greatest running back in the history of this game. Jim Brown's name always gets brought to the forefront. I know some people are big Walter Payton fans. Uh, some people are Emmitt Smith's fans. And you've got others that people will talk about as the greatest running back in the history of the game. But a lot of people feel that this guy right here, Jim Brown, is by far the best ever to play that position. Again, we know Emmitt Smith has the most rushing yards in the history of the game. Uh, Walter Payton's up here. Barry Sanders, sometimes Barry Sanders' name gets floated in there, too, because he's high on that list, too. But there's nobody, there's nobody, there's nobody like Jim Brown. Now, towards, of course, he had a nine-year playing career towards the uh, end of his career. Uh, he had a, um, a part, part no deal. Walter Cleveland Browns. I think Hart had some issues. I think with more contract issues, um, some contract, you know, contractual issues. And of course, back in the back in the fifties, you don't like the uh, 
they didn't make the money that they, that they make nowadays. And at the end, you know, our automobile had issues with not only, not only Jim Brown, but he had issues with Paul Brown. And of course, he ended up firing Paul Brown eventually, you know, later on. But he had issues, contract issues, Jim Brown, Jim Brown, and Art would see to it. Um, I think during camp, I think uh, Jim Brown started his career in Hollywood. He was doing acting here. Art Morgan didn't like that he was going to camp because of, because of this, uh, because of this. And, X amount of dollars a week, the story went. And uh, yeah, Jim looked at the artist and said, Well, he says, Well, you know what? I don't need football anymore. I can go to Hollywood. I can make more money in Hollywood making more movies than I ever could on football. So, again, that's kind of what happened. Jim left because he could make more money. And Jim did, and Jim, Jim did okay for himself in Hollywood. He did, a lot, he did a lot of movies, broke a lot of barriers. So again, I mean, Jim Brown did, did a lot. Did, so after ISIS, uh, he actually when he came back. Um, did he did not come back to play football? But he, you know, he poked his head in, helped out the Cleveland Browns a little bit, helped out other organizations, and he got you know. But Jim was certainly a, a man that didn't take didn't take nothing off of anybody. Of anybody. And that's and that's who Jim Brown was. He was a great running back, a lot of good the greatest player in the history of this game. Of course, some of them may say Tom Brady because of the ten Super Bowl appearances. But Jim Brown did a lot, did a lot for the game, not only, not only in the game, but outside the outside. And to me, Jim Brown might be no more important to get outside than he did on the football field. Certainly, you know, certainly, I certainly have never had the pleasure of meeting a guy like Jim Brown, I'm sure. I'm sure a guy like Jim Brown and I would have got along, would have got along fine. Um, my, um, certainly my goals, his wife and his family, and um, again, Shirley Jim was one of the, was one of the all-time greatest. Shirley was a great football player. He was a great human being, and certainly, certainly, I wish, I wish, I certainly wish his, you know, like I said, condolences his family. And again, Jim was, you know, Jim was, was one of the, was one of the greats. Um, you know, Jim, I said, Jim helped out, uh, helped out uh, young athletes, young, young athletes if they were in trouble. He tried to. On, on the path of righteousness, so to speak, if you want to. Like I said, Jim, like I said, Jim did a lot, a lot, a lot for this, you know, a lot. And um, you, can, there's, you can say a lot about Jim Brown. The one thing you can say, Jim Brown, he was certainly a great, whether it was on the field or off the field. He was certainly one of the greatest. And again, I condolence to him, to him, to him and his, and his, and his family. Now let's jump into a, a subject we've never thought about a few, a couple of weeks ago. Well, it might have been brought up last week. I think it was early part of last week brought up. Uh, Fred Warner was a uh, Fred Warner linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. One of the better linebackers in this league. He, um, I think before he went to, when he was going to OTAs, I believe he made, he, he made a statement that's always been very well known in all football. Again, Fred says bottom line is that defense wins championships. 
defense in a solid running game that will win you championships. And to me, yes, defense still wins championships. If you count them now, granted, granted this, and I thought this, and I thought this point out. You take a look at the teams last year. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles had a top ten offense, but they also had a top ten defense last year as well. You take a look at Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys had what the number one or two ranked defense in all, in all football last year. They got they got you know they won a playoff game. They got to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. Okay, if we're gonna talk about let's talk about the San Francisco Forty Niners. They had the top what one or two defense in this league, and guess what? They went to the playoffs. Heck, they got in all of the NFC Championship game before they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, there's a lot of teams out there. You can keep you can keep on you can keep on going. Again, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills have had a top ten defense the last couple of years. We all talk about the Josh Allen this and the offense of that. But the Buffalo's defense and Sean McDermott, what is Sean McDermott's thing? Defense. He was a defense coordinator like for a few years. That was his forte. Again, let's talk about we you know, we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, we talk about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and stuff like that. But the Bengals' defense last couple years hasn't been that bad at all. Again, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Colts' offense hasn't been that great. It's their defense that has kept them that has kept them afloat. Now, last year, the offense had too many holes in it. The defense could not. But again, it was the defense that got to that point. And you can talk about it. And again, with the again, the Denver Broncos. Had a solid defense. The Denver Broncos' defense was solid last year. The offense just snuck up the joint. They had a pretty good top 15 defense in this league. But the offense stuck up the joint. Again, you talk about defense. Let's talk about the Chicago Bears. What is everybody talking about with the 85 Bears? They're deep. Buddy Ryan in that 46 defense. Sure, he had Jimmy Manuel. Sure, he had Walter Payton. The world of golf style. But it was their defense that got them. The Super Bowl championship. I mean, that wasn't rocket science. Everybody knew that. You take a back. Let's go back. What about the Dallas Cowboys? They always talk about Roger Staubach, Tony Orsett, Drew Pearson. But let's think about it. It was the Doomsday defense that was a big factor in the reason they won their share of Super Bowls. Let's not forget the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was the Steel Curtain defense. Sure, Terry Bradshaw. Sure, Frank Hurd. Lance Moore. John Stallard. Sure, they but then again, tell me this. Who could have scored off of Joe Green, L.C. Greenwood, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, Mel Blanc, Donnie Schell? Who do you think? Who do you think in the right mind could have scored off of that defense? It was the Steel Curtain's defense was the biggest factor that the Steelers won those four Super Bowls. We can go on down. What about us? Like, what about the L.A. Rams back in the day? Yeah, it was a Merlin Olsen, Deacon Jones. Remember, remember those guys. Defense was a big reason. You talk about this. What about the Minnesota Vikings, for example? Okay, they did reach four Super Bowls. They lost all. They lost the Super Bowl. But let's be honest with you. It was the purple people year defense that's what got got champion that got to that point. I mean, everybody knows Alan Page, right? Jim Marshall. Everybody knows those guys, right? But again, Freddie Marsh, right? And I will agree with him 100%. Defense is a big factor to win the championships. Now, I get it that, I get it that Kansas City might have, um, 
broke the mold last year. Kansas defense has never looked at red zone fire. Patrick Mahomes has just outscored a lot of people. Now, there are times where Kansas defense did show up at some points and did play well. But again, it wasn't on a consistent basis. And again, I think Mahomes and Kansas might have broke the mold a little bit. But let's go back. Let's go back the year before. Let's go back to the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams had a pretty good had a top 10 defense. And they broke that top 10 defense. I think Matthew Stratford and Cooper Cup didn't have to play, to play a part in that because they did. But it was the defense. It was the Vaughn Millers. It was Aaron Donald. It was Jalen Ramsey's of the world that made that defense good enough to the point and made it a solid team overall. And, and, and again, when the Bengals were going to the Super Bowl, you had Burr, Chase, Higgins. You had a nice offense. And they only gave up, and they had defense only gave up 16 points to the, you know, to the Bengals. Let's go back a year further back. Tampa Buccaneers. Now, in the COVID year, yes, a lot of teams struggled because of the COVID year. But and again, you can make an argument it was Tom Brady offense that got him into the and got him you know, got into took him you know, and got him to his year. But let's be honest with you, it was the Tampa Bay defense that got him the Super Bowl because they put enough pressure on one Patrick Mahomes year to actually it was the defense that got them the Super Bowl. Not so much Tom Brady that won the Super Bowl. So yes, and it's not as right. It's 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 always been defense. Defense does win championships. And to this day, it still does win championships. And yeah, if you look at if you look at today, look at today's today's teams now. Take a look. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles they lost they lost some pieces of that defense last year. But let's be honest with you, they reloaded on that defense. And to me. If the defense still ends up being a top 10 defense, you'd be surprised about that. Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are still probably a top 5 defense this year. And again, you got a Stephon Gilmore, who, yes, maybe his dad's best days could be behind him, but he's still, he's still a better cornerback than a lot of cornerbacks in this league. So, yes, again, you look at that. Let's look at that. Again, we talk about the Green Bay Packers. Their defense not played well last year, but it's a very talented defense from top to bottom. And if it's healthy, it's gonna be a could be a top ten defense if it stays healthy, and that's gonna be a big factor for them. Again, Detroit, Minnesota struggled because of defense. Let's talk about it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have a have a decent defense, and they're they didn't have to rely more on their defense this year than they are the offense because you're relying on Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. So again, again, the veteran defense Tampa Bay might have been relied more. What about the New Orleans Saints? The New Orleans Saints have had a top 15 defense for the last several years in this league, and it's still there. They lost a couple of pieces, yes, but it's still a pretty good defense if you look at it on a regular basis. The 49ers, their defense is still going to be among the best. Now, Seattle, Seattle's defense had been trying to reload the last couple of years, but they're adding pieces here, pieces there, and they're trying to get back to the days where the Legion of Boom, they're trying to get back to those days. Again, Pat, see, Pete Carroll knows one thing. What got Seattle those, that little run, winning division championships, going to Super Bowl, going in playoffs and the Super Bowls? It was that Legion of Boom defense. That's what got that's what got to that point. Right? Now again, you go back, Buffalo Bills. They saw the top ten defense in this league. Again, we all know Josh Allen coming. Now the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins. 
few things to live by. The Jets. The Jets defense the Jets defense is what kept in a lot of games last year. Not Zach Wilson. It was their defense that got in there. More Bill I think Bill Belichick known for that. Defense. Belichick's not gonna have the greatest offense in the world, but he usually has a, a solid defense. Again, the Bengals. Now the Bengals have lost a lot of pieces on lost a few pieces on the defense, but their defense is gonna have to help it's gonna have to help keep him afloat a little bit. It's gonna have to. You talk about Burrow and Company, but their defense is supposed to have to be pretty much in the middle of the pack to even have a chance for the AFC North. Again, the Baltimore Ravens for many, many years. Ray Lewis's, the Ed Meads of the world, the Terrell Suggs. What was it? Defense. Did you ever watch a 30 for 30 special and talk about the, the bullies of Baltimore? What was the biggest thing for that for that team that won the Super Bowl and the team in the, in the playoffs all those years? Defense, right? That's what Baltimore always been famous for. Pittsburgh's famous for defense. Now again, the Cleveland Browns. They had a pretty decent offense, but you bring in Jim Schwartz to help the defense out, right? The Colts have a decent defense. So again, Jacksonville's trying to get better on defense. Now Kansas City at times has Denver shows for a good defense. The Chargers. The Chargers have a lot of talent on that defensive side of the ball that needs to finally come together. But again, yes, defense wins championships. I mean, Again, we've already made, we've already, we've already, I've already given you prime examples. Aaron Bears. Heck, either, what about, what about the New York Giants and Bill Belichick was running it? Again, you got in the Super Bowl where the Buffalo Bills lost with a Gus Scott and all the way field goal. It was their defense that did a good enough job against the Buffalo Bills. Sure, the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo, again, the Giants, they had, at the Super Bowl, they had a little, a bend and break in their penalty. They bend, but it didn't break. The Giants, a lot. If you think about the Giants and all those, and all the times they won the Super Bowl, what was it off of? Defense, right? Lawrence Taylor, the Jordan Lawrence in the world. Yes, again, that was the reason. And later on, they were for Mike, yeah, Mike Strahan and company. Defense. Again, defense, yeah, that does win championships. But again, you think about, think about the you think about the Washington, the Washington football. Washington Commanders, Russia, the Washington Redskins back then. Yes, they had the George Osmond, the John Wiggins of the world, but their defense was not that bad. It was, they had a pretty decent defense almost all those years. We talk about the Steelers and their, and, and their defense. Again, everybody talks about Vincent Vardy. Everybody talks about Vincent Vardy. Everybody talks about Bart Starr, you know, Jim Taylor, Paul Horning. But the Green Bay's defense back in those days was a pretty solid defense that was put on by, you know. Let's talk about the Oakland Raiders. You talk about, talk about back in the days and Alan Davis, we always talk about the Staley of the world, the Cliff Branches, Fred Litnikoffs. You talk about all those, the pretty good offensive line. But it was their defense that people feared. You know, people feared the Raiders' defense for so many years, and it was their defense that was more, I think, that got should have got a lot more recognition than the offense did. Again. But again, people fear people fear the offense. People fear going over the middle against against the Raiders. And that's been common common knowledge. But again, there are yes, I admit there 
a few exceptions to exceptions to exceptions to the rule. But again, defense has always been a big factor in why people win championships. So no, I don't doubt you again. Fred, you know, Fred Warner, Fred Warner's right. He is right in this regard. Defense does win championships. The 49ers have had a very decent defense the last couple of years. And again, defense was a big reason they got to the playoffs last year. They won a playoff game and got an NFC championship game. And I'm not saying 49ers offense wasn't horrible. They had talent on offense, but then again, you gave it to what, three different quarterbacks, well, four if you want to count, count, you know, count uh, Josh Allen in the playoffs, but if you want to count that, you can if you need to. But again, defense was the biggest reason why they won and why. Why they won as many games as they did. And again, the Cowboys. The Cowboys had, good, had a pretty good offense for a few years, but their defense sucked. Long team, Dan Quinn, he changed everything. He moved their defense from one of the worst units in the league to what one or two units it is now as far as defense is good. So yes, defense has won championships. I know we're in the day and age where we're we're trying to work for six hundred yards and six hundred yards a game or some ridiculous numbers. I know the running game is kind of dying hard, but throwing the football here, there, and everywhere. But back in the day, but yes, defense still does win championships. You've got to have a top, I would say, ten defense still. To be a team that can get to the playoffs, that can you know that can win some playoff games, that gets you to, to the uh, conference championship, and even win the Super Bowl. So yes, it is still it's still very important. No matter how no matter how many people want to slice or dice it, it's important to have that top of the line defense. And again, throughout the history of the league, defense does win championships. We talk about the Steel Curtain. We talk about Pope years. We talk about the Ellis and Doomsday defense. I mean, what about Denver? Back in the day, way back in the day, even before John Elway, you know, we had Craig Morton on the quarterback, what would they call the Orange Crush? Now, don't get me wrong, some offenses have had some cubic games. You've had Eric Coriel, you've had the West Coast system. Yeah, you've had cute names, but defense has got a lot more recognition, a lot more, you know, cuter names. But like I said, yeah, before, I mean, you had Craig Morton, he's a quarterback for the Arizona Broncos, who's the Orange Crush defense. Was a big reason they got into the Super Bowl against Dallas, you know, years ago. And, and years ago, it was that defense that got them there. Not so much Craig Morton and company got, it was the defense that they got. Now, to be honest with you, and towards the end of the very last Super Bowl that Peyton Manning, that Peyton Manning won before he retired, it was the defense, not Peyton Manning, that got them, got them the championship. Because Peyton was not having that good of a year. He got hurt. Came back, did not play very well at all. But again, it was the defense that carried them to the champion to the championship. So yes, defense is, is always going to be part of this game, and it's always going to be a factor in winning a championship, no matter what you know, no matter what. So yeah, he's fresh right. Defense still wins championships. It's just a lame sometimes people have to remember have need to be reminded of that it's defense that still wins championships in this league, and that's simply put. Bottom line. Now you know how I, I like to get on get on these these episodes and talk about you know about stuff some crazy stuff stuff that you that you read and and whether well, it's like a USA Today article or you know, uh, uh, could be Sports Illustrated or could be like you know a, a local wire you know a local wire for a local you know from some local paper all over all over the United States. You always hear these articles. You think they're very 
some of them are very interesting. Some are funny. You have to shake your head off. Say, where did you get this one at? That article. Well, last week I read an article about I just and actually I read all the textbooks to be honest with you. And it was a local, I believe it was a local Dallas writer that came up with a possibility. Um, a possibility that Carson Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz got released by the Commanders in the off season, and. Carson right now is looking for is looking for a job. I think he has another looking out. He's waiting for someone to give him the buzz and maybe go into camp and compete for backup quarterback position. Now, Carson Wentz might be in a spot where, like a lot of a lot of players, are going to have to wait and wait and wait until an injury occurs to the point where someone will give Carson a long look. But there was a local writer that said that he figured Carson Wentz would be a perfect fit for guess what? Get this now. The Dallas Cowboys. Now, now think about now. The thing about it is now, yes, you got that again. Carson's not going to be Dak Prescott, so that's kind of that's kind of a foregone conclusion. It's not happening. However, now the backup they did resign Cooper Rush to a contract. Now Cooper is four and one in the last two years, replacing Dak Prescott. So Cooper has done a pretty, has, you know, done a fairly good job. To be a Dax Brat backup. But the guy brings up a Carson Wentz point of view. He says, if, if you compare Carson Wentz to Cooper Rush, he says, it's not very much of a comparison. He said, yes. He said, yes. Cooper is 4 1. He said, but. He said, you have to look at Carson Wentz. He said, there was a point in time where Carson Wentz was almost the MVP of this league if he hadn't got hurt the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Because you remember, Carlson started like 11 games. When he was having MVP like year, he got hurt. Then instead of Nick Foles, and of course the rest is history. You know, the rest is history. And then after that, the wheels kind of fell off of Carlson Wentz. So he says, number one, usually Wentz does have a Super Bowl ring. What does Cooper, Cooper Rush has none? Point taken. He said, Carlson Wentz has a better arm than Cooper Rush. That's probably a good point, too. I've seen Wentz crank it up, and he can't crank it up when he needs to. And Rush does not have the arm that Carlson Wentz does. Someone else says mobility. Cooper Rush is not going to run four, four, three, four yard dash. Neither is Carlson Wentz. But Carlson Wentz is more mobile than Cooper Rush. Point taken. But then, you know, Wentz is more of a veteran in this league than Cooper Rush has. You know, again, Wentz had more. More starting experience than Cooper Rush. He's been a starting quarterback in the league. Cooper Rush has only done it for five games because Dak got hurt. Another point taken. The bigger point we've made is this: this Mike McCartney is changing the offensive system this year, and somebody says he wants to change it more to a West Coast type of style. Well, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Carson Wentz played played under. He played under Doug Peterson, and guess what? Peterson ran. A West Coast system. So somebody said he's a better system fit than maybe Cooper Rush. So again, I get like all the points, and you make a lot of very valid points, very valid arguments. But the biggest thing is, it's not going to happen because I don't see Jerry Jones bringing Carson Wentz in. Jerry, Jerry and company are satisfied with Cooper Rush doing what he did for the last two years, and that's coming in and playing well enough. Again. We go back to okay. The thing is, we go back to let's go back to what we talked about. Talking to Speaking of.
Yes, he does kind of fit. He does kind of fit. He does fit the system. He fits the system probably better than Cooper Rush. I'm not denying that. But again, I can't stand going out and get Cooper Rush. I'm just getting to get Carson Wentz. And again, just go ahead and just boot, boot Cooper Rush. I don't see that happening. So to me, I don't see Carson in Dallas at all whatsoever. Now, again, I've always said this. I mean, I look at Carson Wentz. I look at the body of work. You gotta look at all the teams in the league that Carson could wind up could wind up back. I mean, he's not going back to Philadelphia, not going back to Washington, um, he's not going to the Giants in Dallas. I leave the NFC East out. Now, one more possibility is the Green Bay Packers could be a very interesting possibility. To me, I think they need a veteran presence to back up George Love. And to me, Carson Wentz could go into Green Bay and he could be the backup for George Love. And again, Again, I think Carlson could fit into that system. He's not going to start, you know. But I think he could come in. He could maybe tutor Jordan Love a little bit, you know. And I think he could be a decent teammate for the Green Bay Packers. Again, I do. Uh, I don't see Minnesota. I don't really see Detroit. Now, Chicago would be an interesting fit. Now, be, Chicago could be an interesting fit. I don't know if I see Chicago, see Chicago embracing Carlson wins. But you know Justin Fields is a quarterback. Again, the one possible outlaw would be Tampa Buccaneers. Now, to me, I'm not 100% sold on either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. But then again, I would be sold on on Carson Wentz. But to me, you brought Carson Wentz in, you know, shake it up a little bit more. Have Wentz and have Baker, you know, battle out for a job and throw in Kyle Trask. Have a three-man, three-man, uh, you know, a three-man committee. Let's see, let's see, you know. But I think that'd be a, a, a good fit. No to the Saints. Um, 
I don't see any lamb. And two, you know, and I might say, no draw lamb. You look at it, the 49ers know. The Cardinals will be interesting too. The thing is, you don't know when Kyler's coming back. Um, you know, Colt McCoy is dinged up. I mean, they need a quarterback. A guy like Carson Wentz could go into the Cardinals, you know, and maybe, and maybe, you know, maybe start for a few games. Certainly, he's not going to be the guy. Certainly, Kyler is obviously healthy. He's not going to, you know, he's going to be that guy. Very good guy. But Wentz could come in and do a little something. You know, shake, you know, shake things up the Cardinals. But again, yeah, I, you know, I can just put it. I can just put it out there. Now, you know, keep it going on and on. But we're possibly loving Los Angeles Rams. Think about this. Yes, you got Matthew Stratford there. But what about Carson Wentz working with Sean McVay? And again, McVay does a good job of Baker Mayfield. If he can do that decent a job of Baker Mayfield, what do you think he can do with Carson Wentz? Now. Stratford is a quarterback. Now, let me say something else about it. What about Carson Wentz in making Stratford back up? I'm just saying, I'll put that out there as a possibility. You start looking, you start looking around. He's not going to Buffalo. I don't see him in Miami. No to the Jets. And I don't see him with the Patriots. Now again, no to the Ravens. Uh Simmons. The Titans, I don't see the Titans, even although I have Wentz over Levis. <laughs> Levis from Malik Willis right now, but that's not happening. He's not going back to the Colts. Jacksonville, he's not going to Jacksonville. Even though I think it'd be interesting if they could have Wentz back in Jacksonville with Doug Peterson again, back at Triple Lawrence. It would be, would be kind of interesting to spin on things. The Texans, no. They have Case Keenum there as a backup. Go on with David Mills. What about CJ Stroud? Now, one possibility could be the Kansas City Chiefs. Think about this, for example, if you made Wentz back in a passion Mahomes, and you know how Andy Reid, Andy Reid knows how to make things happen. Andy Reid's done all his fantastic job with quarterbacks. Maybe, you know, maybe if something was to happen to Patrick Mahomes, and I'm sure Kansas City faithful wish that nothing ever happens to him. I can see him, what about him in the Chargers? He would be a decent backup for Justin Herbert. I think right now that Winston Stick has been on the roster for the last three or four years, but Wentz has gotten more talent than Stick. I can see Wentz going in and being maybe the backup for him. That would be an interesting possibility. No to the Broncos. I don't see the Raiders. So there are some, there are some fits for Carson Wentz. But again, I think Wentz is going to be in a situation where he's going to be looking for a job until somebody actually gets hurt. And of course, we all know in the NFL, injuries happen all the time, right? So, yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me if somebody does give Wentz a call. And Wentz, the last couple of years, Wentz has certainly bombed. But you gotta remember, there was a point in time this guy was possibly an MVP candidate. Heck, the guy does have a Super Bowl ring, right? I mean, he does have that. A lot of quarterbacks in the can't say that, but he can't, he can say that. Now, granted, Nick Foles is the biggest reason he got the ring. It was Carson Wentz, but you got to remember, it was Carson Wentz that got the Philadelphia Eagles to that point, to that point. Then he got hurt, and then Nick Foles kind of carried him. Nick Foles actually pushed him the rest of the way. But it was it was Carson Wentz and Bobby Fork that year that got to that point, that got 
do give Vince that much credit where it is due. But again, can I see? Yeah, I can see it. I can certainly see it. You know, Vince will have a job. I think, at least in my opinion, I think Vince will have a job somewhere. It's just not going to be Dallas. There's, they've got Cooper Rush, and Cooper Rush is the backup. I'm not saying Vince wouldn't be a slightly better backup than Cooper Rush. But Rush has done enough the last two years to fill, to fill in for um, Dak Prescott when he got hurt. They've done a good enough job. But if you look at Dallas, is you've got that defense. That defense is a big factor. You can have a mediocre backup quarterback, but you better hope Dax is hurt full 17 games because you you, you don't want Dax to get hurt early in the season, get out for the year, and then you got to rely on Cooper Rush for the rest of the year. If that happens, then you're in some serious trouble. Cooper's a guy that you rely on, maybe in three or four games, but he's not a guy that I can rely on for the full 17 games. And again, I get the fact that Wentz would be a better possibility than Cooper Rush. Now, Wentz has played, I mean, Wentz has started a lot more games in his league than Cooper Rush has. And Wentz probably knows the system of Mike Martin going to run. Yes, he has that advantage. Then again, Cooper's been in the system too. Again, the system might be a little bit different now that Kellen Moore's gone. Take his talents to, to the Los Angeles Chargers. They've got a new, a new system. Uh, Brian Schottenheim, again, they want to balance the attack out. They want to they want to have a 50-50 balance. The only problem with that is Tony Pollard is hurt, and he's your best running back on this team. They only drafted one quarter, one running back in the draft out of Kansas State, Deuce Vaughn. And to me, Deuce Vaughn, Vaughn is kind of like a, I want to say it's like a Tony Pollard-like clone. I think Vaughn is smaller than Pollard, but he's got that Pollard-like quality about him. And there's not that Zeke Elliott, there's not that bruiser in there. I'm not saying it's not a possibility. I wouldn't rule out Zeke could come back to Dallas. I'm not gonna rule that out. I don't. I don't discount anything in this league. But yes, I could see Zeke coming back and still be a bruiser. But again, Carson Wentz is not Carson is not going to be in in Dallas. But I think Carson Wentz will get a job somewhere else. And again, I think he's the type of guy that could be on a veteran team, maybe on a playoff like team. That might could use that veteran backup quarterback in this league. And I've said, someone like the Rams would be a good fit. Can he get in? Can he get, get in with Sean McVay and learn from Sean McVay? I think that would benefit Carson Wentz a lot. You know, a lot for Wentz in the long run. That would be something. To be honest with you, I can see him, I can see him yelling at other teams, the Chargers. I think he'd be a decent backup for Justin Herbert. Now Justin, I know Justin played a full 17 games last year. He did get he, he did his ribs busted up pretty good. But again, I think he can learn and I think I think he could be a decent tutor for like, you know, for maybe maybe he could teach um Justin Herbert a couple of things. I don't know how much he could teach him, but he'd be a valuable backup on a team that could be really tough. I wouldn't discount the Kansas City Chiefs whatsoever. Can you imagine can you imagine Wentz working with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? I don't discount that. That would not be a bad I'm just saying, if, if he's going to go somewhere, he can go somewhere like that. He might have a shot at a playoff, a playoff, or a coach like McVay that can that can help him up his game that much more. But for Dallas, I don't see it happening. It's just not going to happen. But again, I do. But again, I don't just I don't discount. I don't discount Vince at all whatsoever. I still think he's going to wind up. I think he's going to wind up somewhere in this league. 
my best option. Like, I'm not giving up Tampa Lake and or Kansas City to be their best option. I've always stated I'm a, probably like I'm probably about a week or two behind. I'm more like a week behind on a lot of this, a lot of the information I get out. I get out to you. Um, when I read this article, this is coming out of the this is coming off of the uh, NFL NFL.com page. When I read this article, that mind you that mind you that DeAndre Hopkins has already been released. But again, before all this went on, there was rumors going around about Hopkins that was going to be he was going to be possibly traded, you know, maybe before the draft or during the draft, you know, for a couple of draft picks and this and stuff like this. Now, DeAndre Hopkins did come out and he said that he was not Hopkins is, he said he wasn't about the money. He want, he wanted to go to a team that he wants to have, he wants to be around a team that has a stable organization, stable coaching staff, stable front office, you know, he wants just a stable environment. A stable environment, again, Hopkins basically said that a stable environment, he believes, was what he really wanted to the point that he, he was hoping the Cardinals, I guess, in a way would have that stable environment that would help, you know, help, you know, get the Cardinals to the, uh, to show them to the next, next level. And he did not want the Cardinals to cut him or trade him. He wanted to stay in the Cardinals. He felt that they, they might have a stable environment. Well, the problem with that statement is this: How stable can the environment be? Because you got a new coach, you got a new GM, you know, you got a new team almost. Let's say, man, his starting quarterback is going to be out for who knows how long. Yeah, who knows how long? Now, him and Murray have, you know, had a pretty good connection. So the quarterback for him wasn't the wasn't the issue. It might have been an issue for the organization, but it wasn't an issue with Hopkins. They had a good rapport. But again, we have to remember, we don't know when Murray's going to come back, right? And that was the biggest thing. Like I said, you've got a new, you've got a new coach, new offensive coordinator, new general manager, you know. So again, Hopkins wants a stable organization. But now Hopkins has a chance to find that stable coach, that stable organization, because he's no longer around. For Hopkins, it wasn't about the money. But again, I mean, Hopkins was there. He's been there for three years. Now, again, you got to remember, it wasn't that long ago that the Cardinals had one of the best teams in the league. They won the eight or nine games in the most starting off the season, and then they lost to Green Bay on a Sunday night game, I believe, to the point where then they started slipping a little bit. Murray got dinged up. Heck, even Kyle Murray was even considered possibly MVP candidate that year. But, but again, Hopkins wants a, but again, a lot of times that even then, it wasn't a stable organization. I mean, let's be honest with you. A lot of people question hiring up Cliff Kingsbury, you know, some years ago, you know, a few years back, because he was a head football coach at Texas Tech, and he had a losing record there. But they wanted to bring him in because they felt the offensive system that he was running, that Kyle Murray could learn from that system and excel in that system. Until a point, until a point, Murray's numbers did get better, did get better and better. Because he aggressed last year because of injuries. But again, you know, Kyle, but again, Clinsbury did show some signs of improvement. And he did get into the playoffs, but he still had losing record in his league. And Klein now, you know, Klein was able to make some all moves, make some good draft picks. But again, overall, overall, 
he did not get the big picture. He did not get the Cardinals to play playoff on a consistent basis. He did build some decent talent around, around him, but he didn't do. He didn't get the team into the playoffs on a consistent basis. So again, DeAndre said the stable organization that Hopkins is talking about to me didn't really exist. I mean, I can make probably an argument at one point in time when the Texans he had a more stable organization with the Texans than he did with the Cardinals until he got into the Eagles. Then he built around. Yeah, he had a um, had a difference of opinion, uh, difference of opinion, and then he got traded off to the Cardinals. But again, I can make that argument. So now Hopkins wants to find a team that has a stable organization. And trust me, a lot of teams, and trust me, there is, and even talk about a lot of teams, but Kansas can City Chiefs, now that is a stable organization. Andy Reid, you know, uh, Fetch, uh, Patrick Mahomes, your quarterback, again, stable organization. You can make that argument there. What was the old team, the, the Buffalo Bills? Now, you got Sean McDermott, Billy Bean, they've been there for a few years. Josh Allen's your quarterback, stable organization. Now, granted, we can talk about the Stephon Diggs situation is, and he was kicked off by the playoffs, but again, overall, if you don't discount that, it's more of a stable organization. The Baltimore Ravens, for many, many, many years, the Ravens, the Isaacusons of the world, again, always a stable organization. Now, Harbaugh has been there for several years now. Houston had gone off into retirement, but he's had a good replacement. Eric Lacoste has done a pretty decent job with the organization. Again, the Ravens are a stable organization. Now, again, you can go around this little bit. Now, to be honest with you, Philadelphia Eagles, that's a stable organization. Now, granted, Nick Sarandon's only in this will be his third year, but in his second year on that team, he got to a Super Bowl. And again, and again, they have one of the better GMs in all of football. Again, now again, you talk about you know, one word possibly, Seattle Seahawks. Now, maybe for Russell Wilson's eyes, it might have an unstable organization. But you have to look at it. How long has John Schott and Pete Carroll been there? They've been there a while. So again, there is a little bit of stability. Again, I get it. Again, that's what Hopkins wants. He wants a stable environment. He's not worried about the money. But again, Kansas City is a perfect fit for him because it is a stable organization. It's a team that could get to the playoffs. It's a team that could get to the AFC Championship. A team that could get back into the Super Bowl. A team that could maybe win another Super Bowl. Again, possibility. Now, I don't, disc I don't discount Buffalo. But you have to wonder, can you get Diggs and Hopkins, you know, enough balls to keep both of them satisfied? That'd be the thing that Josh Allen has to worry about. But Josh is one of the top quarterbacks in this league. Again, Buffalo has a stable organization. Again, you can talk about the Diggs blow up last year in the playoff loss to the Ravens. You can talk about that. But again, more of a stable organization. Again. Again you, can, again, you can run around this, run around this lift. Now, the possibility is, I like to see the New York Giants. And if you imagine Hopkins being the Giants, he would certainly be the number one receiver, hands down. Barkley, who does come to OTAs and get his contract, and they've come to some kind of contract agreement. Um, again, Darren Waller is there. Again, upgraded oh, tight end big time. If Hopkins went there, again, the Giants would be considered a very interesting idea. I don't know if the Giants would be considered winning that division. I still play Philadelphia Dallas over the Giants, but I love the hot, but the Giants could be a, a wild card team possibly if that 
possibility. What about the Green Bay Packers? Now, I know it's weird, but they need a veteran presence. Hopkins to work with Jordan Love, to go along with Watson, to go along with Dobbs. It'd be an interesting fit. Now, it'd be even greater fit if Rodgers was still there. Now, people talk about the Ravens. To me, I gotta kick the Ravens to the curb a little bit because they've already got Beckham. They've already got Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar. They've already made deep moves. Still got Bateman. You got Mark Andrews. They've upgraded their receiving course. I don't know if Hopkins will fit with, with them. But again, the Ravens do have a stable organization. The GMs, the coach, Lamar Jackson pans up a little bit. It's a stable organization. Now, I think they have no problems because of Lamar Jackson's contract talks. Yes, there's some problems, but it got done. At the end of the day, it still got done. Lamar got his money. Everybody's happy. End of the story. Plus, again, you got a new system. A system that Hopkins can walk right into and be fine with. Now, again, I'm interested to see overall is it going to be balanced or they're going to go all the passing? Because if it is, what happens to guys like J.J. Dobbins or Gus Edwards? What does that mean for them moving forward? That's something I'm interested in. But again, Hopkins wants a stable organization. Again, again, I don't say what about the San Francisco 49ers. Again, I don't know. Again, they've already got Debo. They've already got Brandon Ayers and George Kittle. Imagine adding Hopkins to that team, what the 49ers could really do. But again, he wants stability, Shanahan, Lynch, stability, stable organization. Again, somebody said, what about the New Orleans Saints? Well, if Sean Payton was still there, I would say absolutely stable organization. But with Payton gone, going to Denver, I don't have to say what the more stable organization once was. But again, I get it. You start looking around the middle. The teams, people talk about the, the uh, the Panthers, they could use Johnny Hopkins. Absolutely. He would surely be a number one receiver for Andy Dalton. And he'd surely be a great asset to a guy like Bryce Young. But I don't see the Panthers doubling up the money for DeAndre Hopkins. But again, it's not a stable enough organization in my opinion for them to do that. But again, people say, what about the New England Patriots? Yeah, the Patriots could use him as a number one receiver. You got Bill Check. You got Bill Check. Bill Check's been there for many, many years now. You have a stable coach. And what's that stability? You got Marvin Crab upstairs. Stability ownership. But again, are there cracks in the, in the seat and the cracks in the Bill Pelichek system? Because again, Bill, the, the Patriot way is gone. Tom Brady's not there anymore. The Patriot, you don't have the Patriot players that can do the Patriot way anymore. But again, there was a point in time that I would say yes, but I'm not even sure that's a possibility. Anymore. Someone said they played in the Browns. You could pair Hopkins back with Watson. It's a nice idea, nice fit. But Cleveland's not a stable organization. And besides, you've already got Cooper. I can't see Cooper and Hopkins battling out for the balls between Deshaun Watson. And again, the Browns want to change your offensive system. Which again, you're forgetting Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the league for the last several years now. But again, if you want stability, then yeah. Pick an horse that can't say cheese. That's stability. And that's what Hopkins wants. That's all I've done. This episode, ladies and gentlemen. Please take care of yourselves. And I'll see you again soon.